The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time. And usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. So you know I love connecting with people from Instagram and different places, and that's what I got to do today in talking with Travis Laverne, who is a current PA student and someone that I actually worked with a long time ago with mock interviews. So we have a great conversation about his military background and how that helped him with his journey to becoming a PA. And he's the class president, so he's a big deal. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. All right, before we get to our interview, we are welcoming a new sponsor on the podcast this month. And I want to introduce you to Stride Funding. Everyone always asks about how to pay for PA school. And this is a very interesting, innovative alternative to traditional student loans. Instead of being faced with ridiculous interest rates and paying for 10, 20, 30 years, Stride Funding offers income share agreements, which means you would pay a small percent of income after you graduate over a shorter time frame than a traditional student loan. So usually you're looking at about a five-year plan at around 4 to 10% of your income. No interest, no principal amount, and a grace period that will start before, well, after graduation, but before payments begin. And then there's also flexibility around some unexpected life events. Um, but you can go to stridefunding.com to learn more, and we will have a link in the description as well. That'll get you straight there so that you can check it out, see if it's something that's going to work for you, and maybe save you some money in the long run. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Savannah. I am a dermatology PA, and I'm so happy you're here to hear from myself and this interview, which is awesome, with Travis Laverne that we'll get to in just a second. Um, I work in dermatology. I don't know if I said that, that my time is all messed up still, so I don't know what day of the week it is. Anyway, so thank you for listening, and um, as always, I'm part of the PA platform. We're here to help you with the Pre-PA Club podcast, the Facebook group. Um, I did want to mention, just because CASPA is in full force now, and for anyone who's applying in the future, we have a ton of free downloads on the website. So if you go to the paplatform.com slash downloads, honestly, I can't even remember everything that's there, but there's a resume template, an application timeline, a personal statement worksheet, um, interview worksheets to help you prepare for that, an experience log and an Excel document, lots of stuff, and it's all free. You just download it. So that may be helpful to you. I hope it is. 
Um, but we will get to our interview with Travis in just a second and I'll let him kind of tell you more about himself. Before we do that, I want to mention the couple of sponsors we have for the podcast. Um, I'll switch it up today and start with PA School Prep, which is an online course that helps prepare you for the first semester of PA school. And most of the time you're having your anatomy, physiology, med terms, and those classes can be tough, uh, especially, I mean, I know you're like, oh, I've already taken that, but at a graduate level, it's just very different. Um, so by get, doing some prep ahead of time, you can make sure you're extra prepared. And then my PA resource is a personal statement editing service specifically for PA school and for PA school applicants. And all of the editors are PAs. I myself am an editor and I kind of, I really enjoy editing. It's really fun. Um, and so I apologize if you use this service and have me edit because you'll get a lot of red back on your essay. Not all bad, but I like to leave a lot of comments. Um, but for either of those websites, you can use the code future PA for a discount as well as on the PA platform. So on our, any of our services, our pre-PA assessments, supplemental reviews, mock interviews, um, the PA school interview guide, that's the physical book that's on the website as well as the PA school interview course. Um, all of that is available and, um, yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out on Instagram shoot me an email. Happy to help you with whatever you need. All right, we'll get into our conversation with Travis, and I think you're really going to enjoy this, as always. All right. All right, so uh, my name is Travis Laverne. I'm a second-year PA student at Drexel University. Um, I'm currently in clinical rotations in my fifth clinical rotation in OBGYN, which, um, like many of the people across the country right now, is on a bit of a delay and hold uh, for the time being, um, but that should hopefully be starting back up on the 20th. Um, and then also, I'm currently the class president for uh, our, our class as well. So interesting role, fun role. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll definitely get to that because um, I, have, I have my personal thoughts on being an officer in your class. Uh-huh. Um, but what kind of brought you to the PA profession? Give us a little bit about your background. Yeah. So it's, it was, it's pretty non-traditional. Um, I was uh, in the United States Air Force uh, active duty for 13 years before I separated and started PA school. Um, I always kind of had an interest in medicine. I thought it was really cool. I mean, I've always been attracted to like the high ops tempo type careers and a lot of responsibility and do really well under pressure. Um, so, you know, that, that side of medicine always interests me, but I just was kind of a knucklehead in high school and just didn't have the patience to kind of get through school. So I went the military route and... Um, I loved it, right? I was really high speed. I traveled the world. Um, I was exposed to a lot of PAs in the military because that's pretty much the main providers that we see in our clinics. Um, so I was kind of familiar with the career field, but I really didn't start investigating it until probably about 10 years into the Air Force. Um, my, my wife and I, we would sit down at night and I would watch those untold stories at the ER. And I would just get so hooked and I'd watch them religiously every night I could. And I would always just try to figure out what was going on with the patients. And she just kind of questioned me on it. I was like, why didn't you ever get into medicine? Um, and that's kind of what kicked it off. And then I just started doing more research. And the more research I did, uh, the more the fire got lit. And um, I started reaching out to some PAs and some friends that I knew. And I started doing some shadowing. And uh, the rest is history. That's awesome. Okay, so you had, yeah, I, would, I mean, I'd call that non-traditional. So yeah. kind of switch, switch paths, yeah, but always yeah. had I mean, the interest when I did there. The Air Force, and... I had nothing to do with medicine. I was, I, I, you know, operated the jet engine testing facilities for the F-22. So I was just straight type maintenance stuff. No, 
no medical background prior to that. So it was, it was kind of a big jump. So when you made the decision, okay, you know, this is something I want to do. I'm going to pursue PA. What did kind of practically that transition look like? Um, so I really had to, I started doing a lot of research and uh, trying to figure it out, like kind of carving out a path as to what it would take. And I, you know, I, I had my bachelor's degree and I had just finished, so about to finish my master's degree. Um, in management when I started and um, so I had no prerequisite type but I didn't have any of my core science courses or anything like that so I was really having to carve that roadmap out once I kind of did that and I, I mean this was probably over a course of six to eight months that I was doing this and shadowing and talking to PAs I had a good idea of what I needed to get done like school-wise and that was my main focus was just getting the prerequisites done and then once I got closer probably halfway through those, I started getting my shadowing hours. And I, we can talk about what I did there. Um, but, you know, the more courses I took, uh, I just started to get more and more interested. I mean, I loved anatomy. You know, I just, I love biology. Like, so I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely my path. Um, and then I started uh, volunteering, you know, in the emergency room. And then I got a job scribing in the night, in the evenings. And that was kind of hard because I was active duty airport, so I had to work my you know, eight to five morning job, and then I would come home and then, you know, hit to the head of the emergency room for like a 10 p.m. to like two or 3 a.m. shift, you know, three days a week, just to try to like get those hours and that experience um, all while married and a baby. Oh, gosh. It's <laughs> <So, laughs> a lot. Yeah. Uh. Um, but that's kind of how it was, and I did that for probably, it took me about three and a half years, actually, to get through all my prerequisites and build up a decent amount of hours where I had to like make that decision like was I going to apply to PA school and separate the Air Force or because another interesting component of it was I had to time it right because active when you're in the military you have a like a contract that you're bounded by and with the Air Force it was four to six years so I had to almost time it right to where my contract was going to expire and I could hit the application cycle hmm. um, and I was short a couple months so I actually had to I had to make the decision to leave the Air Force before even applying to PA school. You know, in 13 years in the military, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but at 20 years, you can retire. You know, I'd have been 37 years old with a pension. So that was a tough decision, especially Gosh. with a baby. Yeah, that is tough. Oh, yeah. okay. That's that's like a faith leap there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very big faith leap. Um, okay, so you decided, like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to apply to PA school. What did applying look like for you? What were you looking for in programs and kind of how'd that go? Yeah, so... You know, with with the way the way I had my life structured, I was married. You know, a couple years married, and I had a baby. Um, we really had to look for something that was going to support us, not only financially with using like the GI Bill stuff, but we. My wife's family was in New Jersey, and um, so with the baby, and you know, she's a high school teacher, so she has a pretty good job for it. But we also needed to be around family for like support, right? That was gonna. It was, I knew that was. I knew PA school from everything I heard was very demanding. And, um, you know, we weren't going to be able to do it alone. So I looked at programs. And fortunately, in the New Jersey, Philadelphia area, there's a good amount of pro uh, programs compared to, like, the rest of the nation for application to apply to. So it kind of served us well. And um, in the midst of doing that investigation, I found out that a couple of the programs not only accepted the GI Bill, but they offered what's called, like, the Yellow Ribbon Program, which kind of adds to that. Um, and Drexel was a 100% Yellow Ribbon Program. So that was definitely my top school. But uh, that's kind of what it looked like for my application. Once I got that done, um, 
Actually, you know what? Let me let me go back a little bit, Savannah, because before I was even able to apply, I like I said, I had a couple months where um, the application cycle hadn't opened up yet. So I got a job, fortunately, through resources and like you know asking friends and family at the Hospital University of Pennsylvania as a clinical research coordinator in cardiac surgery, hmm. and I think that is what really propelled you know, me to being able to get, you know, at least a couple looks at my application from having such a non-traditional background because it really exposed me to a lot of really cool medicine and a lot of, like, you know, my, my letters of recommendation and stuff came from there. So I think that helped out a lot. So I did that for a couple months, and then I was able to put everything through the application. Okay, so you had a, a good variety on your application of just yeah. experience, which is always a good thing. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, so how many schools did you apply to total? So I did five schools total, um, and I, I got interviews at all of them, but I only uh, attended Drexel's because that was the first one I got. And Drexel, out of all the programs, was going to – Drexel, with the Yellow Ribbon program in GIville, Drexel's program pays for 100% of my tuition. Um, so that was definitely kind of a no-brainer. Once I got the acceptance for there, I was kind of – I was. I signed on the dot. <laughs> Good to go. Um, yeah, my, my program had, had the yellow ribbon program, so we had a couple of vets come in um, yeah. to my school. So can you talk a little bit about, like, what that means and, I guess, who qualifies maybe for the GI Bill, like what it would take? Yeah, sure. So the GI Bill is a, it's a, it's a program that, you know, if you serve – I think active duty, I can speak from the active duty side. I don't really, yeah. the reserve and guard side, I'm not really too familiar with. But from the active duty side, if you serve at least three and a half years active duty, um, you can take, you know, you can get the benefit of the GI Bill. You have to pay into it for at least a year. I think it was like, a, when I did it, it was like a hundred or some, so odd dollars a month out of your paycheck for a year. And then you serve three and a half years. And once you had that three and a half years secured active duty time, you had access to those GI Bill benefits. Um, and the cool thing about the GI Bill benefits is that it pays 100%, it pays up to 38 months of education, 100% of your in-state tuition um, for, for, an, for a college, like a state college. Unfortunately, a lot of the PA programs are at private universities, so it would only pay up to a certain percentage. I think at the time when I had looked, it was like $19,000 or something like that it, annually is what it would give you. Um, but if that college had a yellow ribbon program, which was kind of like the college acknowledging, um, like a, they're veteran friendly, they would match the GI Bill contribution, which was pretty significant. Wow. Um, so that's what's able to get you to like pay for all of your tuition. And, and it's really stipulated by like the different universities. Like some universities will say, we're going to, you know, accept 5% of the student population that are veterans. We'll give them an allocated amount, and that varies too. I think some of the programs that I applied to would give you like $2,500 for the year. Some would give you 10000 Drexel would, would match exactly what the GI They'd make sure 100% was covered no matter what. And another really cool thing was you had to look and see, you know, what percentage of students could get this benefit. Drexel, if you're a veteran, you, you get it no matter what. And it's, it's not even an application process. You pretty much... You know, you contact the, the VA department for the school, and they kind of do all the paperwork for you, and it's it's really easy process, um, almost too easy. Like <laughs> I always find myself calling to make sure it went through. But uh, <laughs> That's so awesome. I know the schools mainly accept like you know 15, 20 students a year, so you really have to kind of look into it and contact the departments to see 
it's very specific for the university. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal benefit. And in addition to the tuition, they pay you a housing allowance for the zip code of the college. So, you know, um, I think Philadelphia, it's like $2,500 a month on top of them paying your tuition that they give That is books, books crazy. Stipend. So it's, it's, it's definitely a pinch yourself kind of like a benefit that's pretty cool and definitely worth taking advantage of. Wow. That is, yeah. that's really cool. Um, yeah, cool. probably not something that, that enough people use or yeah, I would agree. Take advantage it's of. really, you got to really understand how it works for you. Cause I mean, you know, a lot of like the, the really, like some people that I knew took advantage of the GI bill in like their yellow ribbon program for like their associate's degree, which is great. But you know, in comparison, if I would have used it all up during my associate's degree, you know, that would have cost me probably, I don't know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars Whereas, you know, I use it later in my career for like a graduate professional degree and you know, it's going a lot further. It's oh, yeah. school. So, um, really understanding how it works and how you can implement that is really good. And a lot of those VA reps at the colleges are very well versed in that. So, if anybody has, you know, that benefit available to them, I would highly suggest that they reach out to that department and kind yeah. of figure out what's available. No, and I think there are, um, at one point I spoke with a PA at Duke who was trying to really advocate for veterans going into PA school. And so if anyone has questions, I can get you his contact info because he was working huh? one-on-one with veterans to try to help kind of them. Coaching them through. Yeah, it. which yeah. was really cool. So. Yeah. That's great. Um, all right. So then you went to PA school. Yeah. <laughs> How's that been? Like that. <laughs> Good, yeah, bad, I, what you expected? Yeah, I had gotten in really early. So, like, my interview was one of the first groups of interviews. So, I waited a little over a year before I had started back, before I started school. So, I continued to work at Penn, um, you know, and it was just kind of like, sitting here like, all right, I got in. Now what do I do? I just waited here. So it was kind of an interesting year, but yeah, so I was in. Yeah. Um, so you decided to run, run for class president. I don't know. And in mine, it was unopposed, but yeah. So I really wasn't the way our class did it. I guess you could nominate yourself. I had no intentions to do it because I'll be honest with you, like that first quarter and we did it the first quarter of PA school too. We're in the quarter system versus the, the regular semester. And, um, like, that's when they really hit you, like, your eyes get really open. You're really getting blasted. I mean, you know, so the anatomy stuff is just crazy, and you're just kind of adapting. And I was commuting from New Jersey to Philadelphia every day on the train, and that was new to me. Um, so I was like, there is no way I'm taking anything else on. You know, I have a family at home. Like, my wife will kill me if I do this. Like, And like I said, I'm always seeking out, like, the next greatest thing. So, like, deep down inside, I'm like, huh. But I was like, no, I got to stay away. But I ended up getting nominated by a couple of the members, like, in my class. And, you know, I kind of sat on it. I really didn't say anything. And I started thinking, like, if somebody had enough, like, you know, they went out of their way and, you know, saw something in me and nominated me to do that for the class, then, like, the at least I could do is stand up in front of the class and make a five-minute speech, you know. And I was, next thing you know, I got elected. And so that was kind of a... I took it on from there. And it, I'll tell you, it's probably, I'm, I'm really glad I did it because that first quarter was like, I wasn't fully bought in, I think, because I had my, my wife and kid at home. I was commuting. I was struggling. You know, I was tired. But then when I took on that little bit of extra responsibility, it was kind of like a representative for the class. Like, 
I just shifted gears and it was like, I had to really, like I was bought in yeah. and then everything started getting better. So I think it really saved my, at least that first quarter for sure. Help to help to connect a little better. How big is your class? Um, we started, I think, because there was a couple that had, Drexel's kind of got a reputation for like, you know, a pretty high like uh, nutrition rate for like that first quarter for like anatomy and stuff. So I think we had like six or seven students from the previous year finished like tacked on with us uh, to go through anatomy again. And I think we were like at 82 to 84. Oh, that's big. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, it was, it was wow. a large class. That's, yeah, yeah, that's large. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, we were at 44, and mm-hmm. um, I think I've said it on here before, but I actually regret not running for president. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, I don't know. Like, in our class, it was a pretty important role, and um, it's something I, like, thought about, but I didn't end up doing it, and then there were times throughout the program where I kind of um, – wished I had so yeah. um but yeah but I know it's it can be a, a tough job yeah for sure, tough so. job. but I think you know it, it like I said it really like had me buy in and then it's you know you can really do a lot of good in that position especially yeah. for a lot of students especially like because I mean one thing is communication between like faculty and students and then students have issues and um you know you really have an opportunity to like bring the class together and really make it unique and kind of you know each class as they go through has their like footprint and um you know you, there's so many smart people in the class and like the pa that's one thing that's so great about the profession it attracts like these great minds and mm-hmm. like just being able to kind of like steer that like you know ship a little bit and kind of like engage people and like get good ideas from the class and implement i mean it runs it's a self-running machine like our class is great because of that. It's, yeah. You just got to empower people and you empower the right people and cool things happen. So that's why the position's really fun. Yeah. And you seem, so. So you seem like someone who would be very easy to like come to and yeah, I try re- to be receptive yeah. to, <laughs> just go with the flow. to been, class been, issues. You know, having that military background yeah. kind of just going through a lot like in life and a little bit like life experience helped out a ton. Yeah. Um, you know, it takes a lot to like really like shake me up just because, you know, and yeah. deployments and stuff like that so it's you weather the storm natural fit there you go yeah. all right so you said you struggled a little bit at the beginning of pa school which yeah. is normal everyone does how long did it take you to kind of feel like find your groove and what works best for you and routine wise um, it probably took me i mean to be honest like i think that whole first quarter was pretty messy for me um and that was 10 weeks um but i would say probably like weeks six five six i kind of had figured out because prior to that like i didn't want to change things too because you have all these recommendations from people like what not to do you know don't wait too long before you change something like change it right away to you know like don't get stuck in your ways like always ask for help um and that's not something i did either because i mean like you know my gpa was really good i did really good in like ace anatomy prior to this so i'm like oh yeah i'll be fine and it's not. It's a lot. It's it's different. And like I remember my first exam, I literally failed my first exam, like bad. And I'm like, whoa. Wake <laughs> like, up. And yeah, and I was like, I was up studying. I was doing everything I could. And that's what I was doing. I was doing t- too much. And um, I just wasn't retaining it. And then you know, you get competitive with other people, and you want to know like, why is nobody else failing like this? But they really are. Just nobody's really opening up about it. Um, which is another thing I found out. But I mean. I think it probably took me that first quarter to kind of get my confidence back up and kind of get in the groove. It was a little bit hard for me too because I had a lot of things going on back home too, like 
trying to take care of the baby. Um, so that was hard, but it probably took me at least six to eight weeks to feel like I had this. You know, once I started, you know, once that second exam came back and I was good and things were getting better and I was improving, I knew I was doing the right thing. I just had to just do it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Get better, so better. Do you have any tips on balancing, like, because this is a question I get a lot that I can't speak to because I wasn't in this position, but mm-hmm. having a family and kind of established separation during PA school. Like, how have you found to, I know, I don't believe in balance. Like, I don't think everything will be ever be completely balanced, but how have you made that work with your family? I think that's what you just said there, like, is you nail it. Once you figure out that, like, there will not be a balance, and there can't be. And, like, you know, a lot of people, and especially, I mean, in my situation, like, like once again, it took me three and a half years to get to this point. So, like, we were, we knew what was kind of coming. I mean, we thought we knew, right? Once you're in it, you're like, oh, we have no idea what this is going to be like. But we kind of thought we knew what we were getting into. But the, the, the best thing that I found out was, like, I, once I figured out kind of what we were in, like, how difficult this was going to be, like, I, I sat down with my wife and we, like, really went over, like, how hard this was going to be. And um, just kind of, like, I showed her everything, like. She, no one will really ever understand it until they're in it as much as you try but like I showed her like all the assignments I would do and things that we were expected to learn and like what I had to do and, and I carved out we, we had a family calendar and like as long as I was very on top of that calendar and I showed like where my study time was going to be or like if I needed to come home just lock myself in the office and she could visually see that like it made things better versus me saying like I'm going upstairs to study you know and she was like wanted to watch a movie or something but as long as I was, like, the week or two ahead of her and, like, I could put what I need to get done that week, it was okay. Now, it was still hard, very hard, um, and I kept promising to her it would get better in, you know, clinicals, and it has, and she bought, she believes me, so um, <laughs> she, she, hung in, she hung in there. <laughs> good, good. It goes quick. It does go quick. honest and just um, rolling with the punches and know there's going to be hard times. No, it's, don't expect a balance. And communicate as best as you can. And there's going to be days where you're frustrated and stressed out, and they're frustrated and stressed out. And to be honest with you, there's days that I had to like close my computer and just say, you know, I have to. I'm going to do my best, and that's all I can do. You don't don't. Ex- I might not get an A on this exam. It might just yeah. be or you know, and be okay with that because you have other things going on. Um, I mean, I still remember to this one day, like I heard because I have two children. We had we ended up having a son, another second son later on, and I remember he was. Call him. I was upstairs in the office and he was calling my name and my oldest goes, daddy doesn't live here anymore, Luke, because he hadn't seen me. And, um, like that was it. Like closed the computer, went downstairs and like broke my heart. Right. And I was like, never again. So like once I got better into what I, I you start learning what the exams are like and what you're expected of and how far you can push yourself. I set a limit. Like I was never studying past 10 o'clock. Like if there were certain days I wouldn't study, and, you know, my weekends, I'd maximize my weekends. I didn't really study through my weekends. I mm-hmm. studied through the week, so I had my weekends with the family. That was another big thing that helped a lot. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but we got through Oh, yeah, it. yeah. Get through it. No, that, that, is, that is hard. And, yeah. I mean, I was living at home with my parents, um, and they were great, but they also, like, didn't quite understand. And then yeah. my fiancé was in med school so like we would see each other once a week for a study date you know it was just yeah. that's all we had um but I, I my thing i remember is one day i was sitting at the, the dining room table and i was just like 
lot going on, lots of tests. This was kind of that first semester, and I just like broke down in tears. And my dad walked in, and he was like, "What is wrong with you? What's wrong?" And I was like, "I'm fine. I just am having a moment." Yeah. And like he went and got my mom, and I was like, "I'm like," and she was like, "She's good. She's good. Just yeah, let her yeah. let her be. She's good." Because yeah. um, she, I mean, she understood. So um, those things happen, and you just move on and yeah i remember being in a library and seeing like things carved in desks that was like we will get through this quarter pa student 2018 or you know like just be like you know like everyone goes through yeah it's just it's madness it's yeah it's very interesting but yeah kudos to you for for handling all that that's what i mean you you do it you just make it happen but uh, like i can't imagine so it was tough, um, but we're here. Yeah. And the quarters go by pretty quick. After that first quarter, it's fast. Like, getting momentum, like, the time starts flying. Yeah, it really does. Um, all right, so clinicals. How yeah. have those been? They've been awesome. Like, it's that's the fun part. World. Yeah, like totally new world, totally cool. Um, you know, I, I've definitely, and, and then I thought I was going to thrive better in the clinical realm versus like the didactic realm. I did pretty well in didactic, but clinical, like, I just, I just, because that's kind of. I'm a people type person and I like interacting and getting my hands on. Um, and it's been everything that I thought maybe even more actually. So it's been, it's been pretty awesome. That's great. Do you have yeah. any idea kind of where you want to end up or what? Yeah. yeah I love surgery. A lot. Yeah. And I kind of was in that, you know, at HUP and, um, you know, I'd really like to get back into it. The hours are really long. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like the cell that I'm working on right now with the wife. So, We'll see. Emergency medicine or surgery is definitely what I enjoy. Um, Your derm has some surgery in it. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> you know what's interesting is my pediatric rotation actually, um, the, the preceptor owned a medical spa and his brother is a plastic surgeon and he works in the office below. So like I do peds during the day and then like in the late afternoons and evenings I work downstairs doing like lips and Botox and like doing all sorts of stuff. So, I don't know, you know, maybe there's a little plastic surgery slash derm thing slash pediatrics. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and it's not quite the same as an OR. I, I love the OR, too, so I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I love um, it. Yeah. Something cool about it. It's great. Well, thank you so much. Do you have? Is there anywhere where people can find you or find out more information about stuff? Um, or? Yeah, I mean, they can check me out on Instagram. I mean, my okay. Instagram, I'm like a rookie at Instagram right now. Um it's mainly just been my kids and stuff that I've been posting since I've been stuck at home the past couple of days. I don't even really know what my name is. Let's see. <laughs> TJ Laverne on Instagram. Cool. Or they can just, they can shoot me an email too. Um, okay. So do you have my email? Too? Yeah. If they, they yeah. can reach out to me if they okay, cool. have questions and we'll get yeah. you in touch. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks Savannah.